initially we had purely virtual and now we are preparing them for for hybrid how to co-plan how to provide hybrid instruction um, how to guarantee uh, equity in everything that we we do because we want to make sure that we're using the right resources and that we respond to the unique needs of diverse populations Welcome back to In This Together, episode three from Prince William County in Virginia. How are things going? They are going pretty well. The weather outside is nice. We have kids back in school. And like I would tell you before, the park is open and we are, we're in business. We're back in business. Good. That's what we were waiting for. And, you know, as you know, uh, I title these episodes sort of after I listen to them and send them out. And this last one that we did, I had to title, We Want to See Our Kids, because you said that, and you were like so passionate about that during our last episode, that I thought it was was an appropriate title. Um, And now, uh, as we speak, I'm assuming that you um, have started seeing your kids or your teams have. What uh, has that been like? It has been really, really exciting. My first uh, week, of, well, you know, in person, um, I visited one school per day. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we don't have a lot of people um, at the schools. But I'm telling you, my cup was um, filled. I was at one of our middle school where we have, we serve the more, most um, L's. And just to see them come to either pick up laptops or for instruction or simply ask questions about Canvas or how do I log into my computer was um, made my day. Made my day especially because most of the families speak Spanish. So I was serving in my, in my native language and I, I loved it. I loved it. That's great. I imagine it's all those little things that we maybe took for granted at one point, and it's been so long since we've been able to do that, that it must be really exciting to be able to do those things again. And, um, and just being able to see students, you were kind of the last um, participant in, in this together that I was speaking with that, that was coming back to school. So the last time we spoke, you were still getting ready. So I, I definitely wanted to start off there. And I wanted to get a little bit more specific because Prince William, and I think Virginia in general, from the beginning was really trying to make sure that you were able to bring in English learners and other vulnerable populations early so that they could receive uh, services. So it's been a few weeks since we chatted. I think you were on track to do that then. I'm curious if, if you've been able to carry out those initial plans. If so, how is it going? If not, um, where's the plan moving forward? You know, it, it's going great. Um, we, we actually met today talking about next steps and how do we really assess the plan because we wanted to give it uh, a couple of weeks before we sit down and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work. I will tell you, Steve, the first week back was just fabulous. It exceeded our expectations in so many ways. And mostly uh, because we didn't have any issues with technology um, kids were excited. They had a place to go, right? They had a, a teacher. The people in person uh, were equipped with what they needed. And I always said, the kids are going to let us know if the plan worked. Yeah, <laughs> you said that last they time. Yep. Did, uh, they did. 
from our end, we try to stay engaged with parents. And yes, there were calls, but you know, not your typical calls about, hey, how do I um, access this or passwords for my student? And it was always an opportunity for us to ask follow-up questions and then come back at the table and say, hey, maybe a little bit more of a detailed translation on this is needed uh, because this word didn't seem to work uh, for this group of, of stakeholders um, and shifting a, a little bit, but we continue to monitor the situation. We continue to have conversations about what's next, what professional learning our, our teachers need, what support do our parents need? Uh, and then crafting those so that schools can concentrate on teaching kids. And then we can focus on uh, putting systems in place so that our staff and our parents can be successful. Yeah, so let's let's dive into one of those systems, which was professional development, which you have talked about a lot. You've put a tremendous amount of emphasis um, on high quality professional development. I've talked with you and and one other person actually from uh, Prince William who does a lot of professional development work. Remind me of her name again. I'm sorry. Christina Lowe. Christina Lowe. I had it on the tip of my tongue, but I didn't want to say the last thing. I had the, <laughs> not the first. So Christina Lowe talked to us actually on the podcast about the work that you're doing. So I know that you're, you know, you're really invested in that. And one of the things that you said last time is you really were excited to see teachers back because you wanted to get some feedback from them to see how it was working. So you just talked about how the students kind of told you that, yes, things are working pretty well. There are things that we can do better. There are some opportunities. Um, have you been getting feedback from the teachers about sort of how prepared they are as a result of the professional development um, that you've been offering? Um, if, if so, is there anything that you're sort of considering changing as a result of that feedback or are things kind of status quo at this point? So I have been able to, to meet with groups of teachers at different schools, uh, something really nice. I've been able to meet with uh, instructional technology staff too, because a lot of the things that we're doing are virtual. So it's been really nice to get connected uh, with that side as well. And they have given us feedback about the professional learning. Uh, very appreciative. And we have, we have great people. I'm, I'm in a good position in our school division. Uh, but also, I'm taking the opportunity to listen, uh, to build stronger relationships uh, because I want to know, okay, where are you at now that they're here? What do you need? And that's going to help us enhance what we have planned for the upcoming months. So we have an amazing summit coming up in October. And uh, I'm very excited because it started focused on instruction of English learners. And then as part of the collaboration with other offices, now it's a summit that will support both L's, um, equity, leaders, literacy practices. So it's going to be this entire day of learning where folks are going to be uh, experiencing how to do this in a hybrid environment because we're looking to transitioning the students. So initially we had purely virtual and now we are preparing them for, for hybrid, how to co-plan, how to provide hybrid instruction, um, how to guarantee uh, equity in everything that we 
we do because we want to make sure that we're using the right resources and that we respond to the unique needs of diverse populations. So I am really excited about that. I am excited to be in a spot where people feel they can trust us and my my role doesn't get in the way. Uh, that is that is something that I'm working really hard on. Uh, coming to a meeting and people know, okay, she's really listening and that there's evidence that I am listening and putting things in place based on their feedback. That's, that's very important uh, to me and for us too, because we want to make sure that what we produce is valuable for, for teachers and parents. Yeah, there's the actual PD that you're talking about and the and the the information that teachers need and strategies that teachers need to be able to work either in a remote or a face-to-face or in what you're talking about, a hybrid environment, which can be challenging and can cause problems because people sort of think, well, now I have to do both things. I have to be a remote teacher and I have to be a face-to-face. And isn't that double the work? And how do I go about doing that? And the reason I mentioned that is because all of that certainly creates a certain amount of, of anxiety. Um, and I know you've said a bunch of times, and I, I, I agree with you, and you're, you're right about it when I look at the work that you're doing, you have a team that uh, does really well with the working with English learners. I mean, you said that about your, your EL team and as well as your content teachers, but certainly uh, being in a virtual environment and then being in a, in a blended or a hybrid environment um, can pose, pose challenges. Um, so I'm curious to hear if, if, and I know it's early, but have you, have you heard anything about like some of the teacher's triumphs and challenges in this in this realm of kind of overcoming that anxiety that they feel and and maybe putting it to use somehow because it, it can be crippling and I know has been for many of my friends who are still in the classroom people who are veteran teachers who are very very well versed in what they do so that's a great question and um it brings me back to the professional learning and what are we doing so we talk a lot about what is our role and what can we do and what do we want the teachers to do? And we want the teachers to teach students, right? That is something that we cannot do from the central office standpoint. However, what we can do is to remove roadblocks, to create resources for them to be able to teach and to also make it clear about what the expectation is. So we talked a lot about we're not expecting Pinterest uh, or something that, you know, it's Facebook or Twitter worthy. Uh, But what we want is that you continue to do what you know to do best, which is teach kids. Uh, Because good instruction is is good instruction. Um, I said that uh, really the focus is in that collaboration, the planning and how do you design uh, things for, for kids that they can do independently to sustain those, um, you know, the small group or that learning sticks, right? Uh, when you're not there in person uh, and also allowing a space for people to say, I struggle with this, but then there's someone at the table who says, oh, let me help you with that, uh, creating those connections. So not everything has to be a uh, PD, where someone is talking to the teachers, but really, okay, come and listen to a voice from the field who will answer questions, uh, availability and accessibility, 
that has been really big for us to where people can come and they can ask the question for the third time. And they are gonna know that we're gonna give them an answer and also grace and that they're not gonna be shamed for that. I think those those things are important and help with the anxiety that many of us are are having. Uh, because sometimes I'm thinking, okay, where's the document? I know that I had saved it somewhere. Uh, instead of pretending, <laughs> I can go to someone and say, you know what? I, I don't know where this is. Can you help me out? Uh, that's what being in this together really means. Where I know I can come to you, be vulnerable, and that, you know, you're going to keep my marbles safe, like Brene Brown would say. And <laughs> you're going to judge me, and you're going to help me. And we're going to grow out of this together. Right. Yeah. You know, there's always been a lot of emphasis, especially I think in the world of, um, of multilingual education or ELL and dual language that, uh, co-teaching co-planning is such an important piece of it. Um, but I think sometimes what gets lost in the shuffle is just simple collaboration. And I think what you're talking about now is, is collaborate. You don't have to have a co-teacher or be officially co-planning with someone to be able to collaborate with other people. And I would say that collaboration is as simple as what, you know, what did I do with this document? But in order to do that, you need to kind of be able to be vulnerable, be able to know that it's okay to make mistakes. Um, and and I, I feel like that in, a, in and of itself is a way to get over that anxiety, you know, that everybody is facing, I'm sure at this point, I was just having a conversation today with um, like literally right before this with my son's teacher, who's a third grade teacher. And I, you know, I know her well. And I said, you know, in many ways, like the, the, the whimsical part of me really thinks I just, this, what a great opportunity it is to be a teacher. And I wish I were still in the classroom and I was thanking her for what she did. And then I said, but the logical part of me says, you know what, I'm, maybe I'm better off doing what I'm doing now because it's such a struggle. And she agreed with me a hundred percent because there are moments where it's like, oh my goodness, like this is crazy you know, anxiety provoking, but in the next minute, it's like, look at what I just learned and look at how I can develop my craft to serve students. Productive struggle. Yeah, and exactly. Why, why are we avoiding it? Um, I cannot wait to look back at my journal and that, that is something that I have been doing through this COVID season, really writing how I'm feeling, what I'm learning, what I'm gathering from podcasts or whatever I'm reading. And I can't wait to go back and see my progress, uh, how I've grown as a result. Uh, and then checking my leadership. Um, I told our team this morning, feedback. What are you doing to seek feedback from your stakeholders? Uh, it's very, very important. You don't want to continue to move on without knowing, am I being effective? Is my work getting in the way of your work? Uh, is what we're producing more work for people? Or when they see our process, our, our product, they said, ah, oh, this was so needed. Uh, because I might be creating something based on what I need, but that's not what my stakeholders need. And also making decisions based on data. We can get so caught up in teachers are saying, or students are saying, or parents are saying, how many people are we talking about? Uh, we can remove unnecessary processes or, or work. Uh, and then we, we know who to go to, right? Tell me more. Uh, curiosity, very important. 
during this time. Curiosity and feedback, I think, can take us uh, a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, kind of on that collaborative piece, as I try to make a transition here into my next question, um, I want to get a little bit more specific and talk about something that I know that um, you all uh, do well and, and a process that I really like that that you do and, and I think that might help others. So you all at Princeton, we have a very deliberate process um, in which an administrator, an ESOL teacher, and a gen ed teacher are part of decision-making committees for students. And that's not all that rare in, in districts, but talking to you, I know that's something that you take very seriously and you make sure that that happens. Um, my question is, is, have you been able to observe yet how this process is working in this remote, soon-to-be hybrid um, environment. Um, and, and, you know, we talk a lot about affordances of online learning. I'm curious if there's any affordances there that you've seen so far. And again, I know it's early, so maybe you haven't seen a lot of this yet, um, but I'm curious as to where you are with, with that. So um, I have not been part of meetings per se, but I have uh, consulted with a lot of our, our schools and, and our parents. And I will say that... Um, it speaks to the trust the families have in the schools and the relationship. I might be the director, but at the end of the day, uh, we recognize that the school leadership and the teachers are the first line for, for parents. And when making these decisions, you're really tapping into the relationships. And that, that is something that we've been able to see. The fact that uh, if they chose to go online, uh, we're able to offer them access and the quality of the support that's happening virtually. Um, it's pretty good. We have canvas, we have a schedule that's set. Uh, we've communicated via school board meetings and websites, and we have a, a tool called the school. So there's different platforms for communication. And then you add the layer of the decision-making. I think it helped parents, uh, with making the decision. So they came to the table knowing, okay, you know, this is what I was thinking. Uh, what do we need to, to make it happen? So surprisingly, I had not had to really intervene uh, because the school was not able to, to do that. And we have close to a hundred schools. So again, I, I keep, I'll keep showing up just because people are doing an amazing job. Yeah, so that work's happening. You're, you know it's happening, but you don't necessarily need to be involved. You have people doing it who are, uh, who, are, who are working with the process that they have in place despite some of the challenges or with some of the affordances that, that this whole thing provides. And that goes back to what you and I have talked multiple times, uh, where the goal is to build leaders of L's and equip leaders of L's. Um, I, I want to make sure that this is what's happening at schools because our leaders understand L's because uh, they value them. They understand language, what they need, and they have the right resources. So to me, that, that is Disney. You know, we're, we're running the park despite of what's happening. Um, anytime you see anything different, you question or you wonder, Hmm, I wonder what, what happened here, but that has not been the case, uh, which is, is the vision, is the goal. Yeah. And so for, for people who are watching or listening, this is your second reference to the park and to Disney. So I'm going to put in the top right-hand corner a link to the podcast episode that we did 
um, which was called Run Schools Like Disney. It was the first conversation that we had. For those of you who are interested in that sort of analogy, check that out because it's a really interesting conversation. Um, we don't have time to get into all that now, but I just wanted to let people know that's what that reference is. Um, uh, you know, and you've re you re referenced making magic happen many times. And I just want people to have the, the context of that. Um, okay, so w the other thing that we've talked about a tremendous amount and that I've talked about with lots of people, um, and I don't think there's a limit to talking about this because I think it's extremely important, but it that's what's important to building relationships with all stakeholders, with students, with families, with teachers. You've talked a lot about that. Um, is it too early now to talk about uh, yell instruction and language development. I feel like that's where where we all want to get, but we're all very hyper aware that we need to build relationships before we really start diving into what instruction is going to look like in this very crazy year. So uh, I see them connected. Um, I, you know, uh, Rita Pearson says kids don't perform for people they don't like. So if I really look at the learning cycle, and my goals and what I want to achieve with kids, uh, you can't get there without the relationships. So it, it is part of what we do um, in how you're connecting with kids. There's language involved. Uh, there's oral language, there's academic language, but there's also the language of love. Uh, kids need to know you see me, you care about me. Uh, and that connects also with parents. As a parent, and you probably know this, if you love my kid, I will go through a brick wall for you as a teacher. Uh, I will support you. You call me, you email me. Oh, we, we are in this together mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, to make sure you're successful. So I don't think it's too early. I think this is something that for us, we've talked about before the kids came. How are we going to make sure we're still building authentic relationships with students when they come. Uh, so it, it's just part of, of what we do as part of what the kids need. It's part of what they've been craving. And I will guarantee you, uh, teachers too, teachers too, because there's nothing more powerful than showing up in a kindergarten Zoom and seeing kids who are just, Miss so-and-so, Miss so-and-so. And yes, and you know, you're just loving on them, breaking out and, and different rooms, whether um, in Zoom or in, in person, and letting them know, hey, we're going to get through this together. And in a perfect world, that relationship building is happening sort of spiraled throughout the whole process because it doesn't just happen at the beginning of the year. I think I may be a little bit guilty of talking about it as something that you start the school year with, but then you forget about. And I don't want people to get that impression that I think that because I don't. Um, but I do think that there has been special attention given to relationship building with students and families this year in particular for good reason. Um, and my hope is that you find that kind of sweet spot where you know, you are uh, working on language development and even working with content uh, while building those relationships. And that's certainly, um, you know, very, very possible uh, in, in remote and hybrid and in-person um, situations. And, and the fact that so much attention has been drawn to relationship building can only help us, I think. Yes. Um, so you've, you've kind of talked a little bit about that. that it, it seems like you've said that the students have shown you that your preparation, the work that you've done has been acceptable and they're, they're happy to be back. And there is no sort of, um, 
acute sort of rejection of all the work that you're doing in remote learning and anything else. Um, but have you been have you been able to take a pulse of of how they're feeling and and what they're you know what they're going through? Have there been you know any challenges that that are concerning you with with students and their families? And and if so, what what do you feel like you still need to put in place to help support them? Because this is an ongoing process. You know, so it's really interesting. I um, part of my routine is for lunch. I take a quick. Uh, break and I walk around where I live and I see some of the kids and you probably find this funny I said hey how are you doing and they say hi hi Miss Cologne and I said how's your canvas did you join your live session how's cool it's like it's like you're it's like you're roaming the hallways but you're in your neighborhood yes yes I was on the phone with an employee yesterday and she said what are you doing? Are you checking on, on kids' Canvas pages? And I said, you bet I am. <laughs> I want to make sure that they completed those modules. Um, so again, you know, that's a way that I get feedback. Uh, I think my next step, it's really uh, making the parents feel comfortable and helping them understand a little bit more about virtual learning. Uh, because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what about those students that do prefer virtual learning? Yeah, uh, of which there are, those students do exist, more than I thought, actually, frankly. Yes, yes. Uh, for a lot of our secondary uh, students, I have heard some of that feedback. So then how do you educate uh, the parents so that when this comes and, and a student says, you know what, I think I feel more successful in this environment um, or whatever the case it is, that they see it as, as quality and not something that we're doing because of COVID. Um, so, you know, that's part of, of the plan. I'm enjoying uh, receiving feedback from the parents. I will tell you, we had a, a school board meeting and we had parents who just sang praises. They were very grateful and you know they're they're watching they can see what's going on now and just to hear their feedback was it just makes it all worth it because there's a lot of hours behind this and i think one of the reasons we we've been successful thus far is because we did spend the time bringing people together um it it was not easy because when you have a lot of voices you have to decide, okay, uh, is there a balance? Uh, are we getting enough feedback from all these groups? But at the end of the day, uh, it made sense. If I had to do it all over again, I would do it the same way. I would bring the task force together. I would spend the same amount of hours with the same uh, people because they were all in and they, they believed in this and it showed. That would be a great question for me to ask you, but you already answered it. I was just thinking, if you were to do it all again, what would you change? And if the answer is nothing, then it shows that you're, you know, that it, that that it's that it's working out. Maybe I'll ask that question to some other folks. Anyway, stay tuned on that. Thank you for that. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, so I asked you last time, and I'm going to ask you again what your biggest surprise was um, over the last few weeks since we had last talked. And uh, at that time, you had said, I think, if I recall, and I didn't look at my notes, so correct me if I'm wrong, that it was all the learning that you have been you have to continue to do in order to 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 keep up with everything that's going on. Um, 
if you think about the last couple of weeks, a lot's happened. We're back. You're seeing your students. You're seeing your teachers, uh, albeit in a, in a mostly virtual environment. W- what surprises have come up during this time? Or what big one big sort of surprise, I guess, I'd like to ask? You know, one surprise that, you know, I guess I've been surprised all along is um, the power of collective efficacy. I'm learning so many gifts and talents from my colleagues. And sometimes you think you have to do it all because you are not aware of all the human resources and people's backgrounds and what they've done that can contribute to this. And just now putting an idea there and having people at the table who say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm good with that. Yes, oh, this is great. And you just have to either co-sign it or really operate out of your strength and letting other people operate out of their gift uh, has been surprising to me because as a leader, you wanna do it all. You feel responsible uh, to just come up and, and tell people, okay, this is, this is the project, this is the plan. But to have this share leadership has been surprisingly amazing because I've, I've met more, more people that I can count on and I've expanded my network and I have engaged with other offices and now else win as a result. Uh, so that has been really, really nice. And I can't wait to be back in person to really connect with them at a different level. And would you say that all of that is a direct result of all of these changes that we've had to undergo? Probably, yes. And because we have more, more time. I mean, you jump from one Zoom meeting to the other, but then when, when you're trying to figure out new ways of doing things or resources because you think you don't have them and you say, okay, who can help me with this? Uh, And then surprisingly you go and they said, yes, sure. No problem. It makes you wonder, why didn't I do this before? Or I didn't know that this person um, had this degree and, you know, or did this uh, previously in their career because they were a career switcher um, or for whatever reason, but uh, yeah, I've learned a lot about my colleagues, and I'm just excited about the collaboration. Period. It, our kids have won a lot because of because of that. The summit alone, just coming together and putting resources together for the benefit of all teachers. So now instead of reaching a group of of educators, now everyone gets to hear about else. Uh, that is the dream. Right. And I'm super excited about that. Uh, when we talk about digital literacy and we had the parent pointers sessions, there were other parents uh, there as well, but now they're sharing space with our families and we are letting everyone know what we value. Not that we didn't before, but now it becomes uh, an entire, uh, yeah, focus. So I'm I'm very very excited about that. And if anything, I'm thinking about how do I sustain that yeah. so that it's not something that only happens in a virtual setting. But when we go back, we continue 
to tap into those relationships. Yeah, yeah, it's my biggest fear is like, you know, we have such a great opportunity to to learn from all this. And then my biggest fear is going back to just normal. And I, I, that's what it would be is just normal because we have, we've learned so much. Um, and I think together, you know, uh, we, we can really make some, some positive changes everywhere, not just in, in, in particular districts, particular kind of islands. Um, so that's great. What is last question? What, what is coming up for you in the next couple of weeks? Um, we will probably chat, uh, one more time, just you and I, before we do, um, something else with the entire group, which I'll talk about later. Um, but what, what, are, what do you sort of hope to be talking about then? So I'm hoping to be talking about our hybrid plans, uh, because we are, um, really, we're going to bring a, a little bit more kids back. Um, hopefully if everything is, is good, uh, in Virginia, and then we have the summit, which is going to be amazing. And, um, hopefully we'll talk about, um, feedback because we're going to get more uh, this morning we met as a leadership team and one activity that maybe listeners can engage into we are going to look for three people we're going to look for someone that is um, above with our role uh, to seek feedback hey how am i doing am i contributing to your vision uh how is it to work with me uh availability accessibility that kind of thing then uh, the second person will be a peer, uh, someone that's at our level to have that conversation in regards to collaboration and then someone we support or supervise uh, to see how they see it from their lens and look for patterns and, and themes and be reflective about that as we move forward with this type of work. I love that activity. And I love the three things that you mentioned. I, I, I'm tempted to ask you more about this summit, but I think we'll save it for next time because you'll know a lot more. Uh, but you mentioned it earlier. I think it's a great, sounds like a great idea. We'll talk more about what it's going to be like going hybrid. Um, if that happens, of course, we have to sort of figure out what's going on with the virus before we know anything about what's happening, hence all the last minute decisions. And then talking about this feedback, um, uh, which you just mentioned, the little activity that you did. So I look forward to that. Um, until then, uh, Lynn, I wish you and your team and your students and your families and everybody at Prince William um, the best of luck. It sounds like you're off to uh, what appears to be a great start, and I'm sure there's great things in your future. So thanks for joining us on episode three of In This Together, and we'll talk again soon. No problem. Thank you so much. <laughs>